Good morning, RVCC. Here we go. Bright, sunny day. A couple in a row. Warming up. Everybody's wearing boots. <laughs> I'm reading this morning out of uh, Matthew. We're going to go to chapter 7. And we'll begin at verse 7. Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find, knock and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, and he who seeks finds. And to him who knocks it will be opened. Or what man is there among you who when his son asks for a loaf will give him a stone? If then, being evil, you know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your father who is in heaven give what is good? to those who ask him. The other day, I was out walking in the sun, and, and I had a moment. I just had one of those moments where I realized every good thing, every good thing comes from God. Every good thing. He, God is love. He cannot possibly give you anything that isn't good. Right? And with that, now and again, the bad comes. But I had that thought. It's not from God. Because he's only going to give me what's good. And somehow, if the bad, when the bad comes, he's going to work it for good. He's going to work it for good somehow. I don't know how it works. I don't know how it works. But I know it works. I know it's the truth. Because it's in the book. The truth. Let's all rise. <clears throat> Father, we thank you, Lord, for your goodness, for your love, and for how we are loved, Father. And we thank you that your blessings fall upon us constantly. We need but pay attention. Take what, what is given, Lord, and we love you for that. We thank you that we can now worship you, Lord Jesus. We set our hands to the sky and praise your holy name. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you, Lord. That is our story, amen? That's our song. That's our declaration this morning is that our Savior lives. Our Savior loves us. Amen. Our Savior has made our life worth living. That's a declaration. That's speaking it out. We're singing it out. And the, the word says, we're going to celebrate communion here. We usually do every first Sunday of every month. And, and we, uh, we do it because it's biblical, obviously. We do it because Jesus said to do it. He said, as often as you do this, do this in remembrance of me. And as we remember him, one, we, we remember him every week. You know, and, and most of us remember him every day. We, we celebrate him every day. But it's good to do it publicly. It's good to do it in, in, in the church, in, in, not in a building. I mean, the building's great, but in the church with each other. Communion. We're communion with him. We're communioning with each other. But in doing it, we're making a declaration. He says, we, every time we do this, we declare his death. Why is that important? because his death is the reason we have life. It's not morbid, it's not you know, weird, it's just, it's, he said, declaring my death in this 
this, uh, it's not a ritual. It's not a, it's not a, uh, 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 it's not a ritual. It's not, yeah, it's not just a ceremony. It's, it's a remembrance. It's something that's living. And as we do this today, we do it remembering him. It says that on the night that he was betrayed, he took the bread and he broke it. And he said, this is my body broken for you. As often as you do it, do it in remembrance of me. And at the end of the meal, he took the cup. This is way, this is hours before his blood was actually shed. He was prophesying. He says, this is my blood shed for you for the remission of sins. As often as you do it, do it in remembrance of me. And he says, I'm not going to drink this again until the end. So he says, you do it. You do it. The church does it. And you know, you could receive communion every day. We do it once a month. But we do it in life. We do it declaring Jesus, what he did for us. So Father, as we commune today, as we receive these elements, this bread, this, this juice, we do it in the remembrance of Jesus, giving glory to you for your obedience, your obedience even unto death. Today, Father, we remember Jesus and we declare his death that saves us from our sins. And we thank you for it in Jesus' name. If you're new here, if this is your first Sunday, if you're born again, we want you to, we want you to commune with us. You're welcome to commune with us, receive communion with us. If you're not born again, if you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, I want to give you that opportunity right now. That's not a ceremony either. That's not a, a ritual either. It's a choice in your heart to choose what he did on the cross for your, to die for your sins. You say, that, that's for me. I receive what Jesus did. The Bible says that when you confess him as Lord, and what does that mean, confess him as Lord? It means you, he gets to be the boss. He gets to be in charge. When you confess him as Lord, that Jesus is Lord, it says that you, you pass from death to life in a moment. It's not, a, it's not a process. The process is sanctification, changing your mind, renewing your mind. But salvation is in a moment. It's in a, you know, the thief on the cross was dying. And he said, remember me. Remember me. That's all he said was, remember me. And Jesus said, today you'll be with me in paradise. So if you've never received Jesus as your Lord and Savior, do it right now. Just say, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Jesus, come into my life. I receive what you did on the cross for me. And I accept that forgiveness for every sin I've ever committed, every sin I'll ever commit. And you can begin that new life right this second without any kind of ceremony. It's just a choice you make in your heart and it's a confession of your mouth. Otherwise, we're going to receive communion. There's, remember, there's two cups. We do it a little bit different now. There's on the bottom cup, take both cups when you come up. On the bottom is the bread and the top is the is the juice and what we're going to do is just receive communion as you receive it you can go back to your seats or whatever we're not going to wait the worship team is going to continue on and we're just going to move through the rest of the service but do this in remembrance of him amen hallelujah if this morning that was the first time you ever 
made that declaration, if you're, this is the first time you've ever made Jesus your Lord, then I want to give you the opportunity. I, I want to encourage you to tell somebody. It's, it's about the confession of your mouth. It's about saying it to somebody else. And what does that mean? How do you, have, how do you do that? Hey, literally, it's just turning to somebody and saying, hey, I just, I just made Jesus the Lord of my life. You know, we've, I've done this for many years, and, and I still remember, you know, years ago in this church, we were, I, I talked to, you know, we explained the salvation just the way I explained it just now. And as we, as we were leaving at the end of the day, and everybody was filing out, I heard somebody turn to somebody else and say, I just made Jesus the Lord of my life. That's cool. Now, how do you do it if you're online? Well, type it out in the comments or call somebody up and tell them because it's the confession. Jesus said, if you confess me before man, if you acknowledge me before man, I'll acknowledge you before his father and the holy angels. It's good to, good to say something, good to, good to share what you've done. Amen? Amen. Well, why don't we greet one another? Amen. Thank you, everybody. Thank you, Brian. <clears throat> we may not be a well-oiled machine, but by golly, we're family. To me, that's more important. And with family, you get all the personalities and all the everything. So it's a good thing. I like being <clears throat> well-oiled family. Yeah, there you go. Good, good. Amen. Amen. All right. Before I get into the sermon this morning, I just want to uh, reiterate, re re-remind you about our prayer, uh, RVFM prayer uh, guide that we handed out last Sunday. Everybody uh, that was here last Sunday should have gotten one. And uh, what you did with it is up to you. You may have put it in your Bible. You may have put it on your, on your uh, refrigerator. You may have put it somewhere in the car to remind you that to pray for the, the ministries of RVFM. If you did not get one, could you raise your hand and we'll make sure that you get one today. Um, so there's a few hands. Yeah, just keep your hands up so that everybody can see that. And what this is, is that right now we have a vision uh, here at River Valley uh, Christian Church Lake Elmo. Uh, we began a number of years ago uh, the ministry of RVFM, River Valley Fellowship of Ministries. Uh, ever since Pastor Dan Dennison founded this church, this church has been an apostolic church. And what is apostolic? It, it is not a denomination. You know, of, there are many. There are apostolic churches out there, but it's not that. It's just it's, the Bible says an, an apostle is, is a sent one to go do something, to preach the gospel, to go do something specific. Pastor Dan was sent here to start this church after starting the church in River Falls, Wisconsin. And he had uh, influence on other churches starting. And then when I became the pastor here in 2002, um, God immediately put it on my heart to begin praying for more churches in the valley because there are so many towns in this valley that uh, either had a church years ago. I mean, there used to be a church in every town. You know, and then you go to Wisconsin, now there may not be a church in every town, there used to be, now there's a bar in every town, and a, and a post office. Well, they need a church too, you know, it's not, it's good for the gospel to be uh, accessible to people. And so God put it on my heart to begin praying for, for churches to be birthed in this uh, St. Croix River Valley from Solon Springs to, to Prescott, and, and if, you know, I'm not going to tell you the whole story, you actually could get that on the thumb drive, on the, uh, the first thing, uh, or the next thing, uh, thumb drive, 
it tells you the history and what we're doing. But our goal is to plant 24, to have a network of 24 churches by the year 2017. Uh, 2027. That 2017 was a while ago. 2027. It's numbers, okay? Anyway, you know, for those of you who are new, realize if I start talking numbers, it could be wild. You know, it's just getting you know, 2027. Everybody laughs and goes, "It's 2027. You're all right. Yeah, get back on track." 2027. So right now we have four existing churches. We have the church here in Lake Elmo. We started a church in St. Croix Falls. That one has been going for uh, 12, 13 years now. Uh, the church in Grandy started about nine or 10 years ago. Well, actually, they just celebrated their 10th anniversary last year. So it's, right now is their 11th anniversary. And so that church has been there. And then three years ago, we began a church in Prescott, Wisconsin. And so we have four existing churches. So the first part of that, of that prayer guide is to pray for the churches that exist. So my, what I'm encouraging people to do, every member, every attender, everyone a part of our RVCC Lake Elmo, and the other churches are handing them out also and explaining them, is that every day you pray for the four existing churches. You can pray for one church. That's actually what was on my heart is to pick one and to pray for that one church for about five minutes, you know. And there's some, there's some uh, things listed out there, uh, like the church in Grandy is believing for a worship team and a worship leader. They're believing for children and youth workers. And they're also believing for financial increase. And they're believing for all kinds of things. But those are the three we put down just for this first round um, to, uh, to have people praying for. And we're already seeing answers. We're already seeing uh, th that church receive this last week a $2,000 infusion into their, into their budget, which is exciting. You know, we look at it and go, wow, okay, that's one week of prayer. So whoever's been praying for Grandy, nice job. Good job. Um, <clears throat> but it's, we praying for someone else. And you can pray for us if you want, but I encourage you to actually pray for one of the other three churches and to pray what, what God is leading. Now you can say, well, I can pray that in about 30 seconds. Exactly. So you pray, then, you know, you pray in what you're in, in your understanding, but then I also encourage you to pray in the Spirit. Pray as the Lord leads you. You might be praying stuff we haven't even thought to write down yet. Because why? Because God will tell you what to pray for. The second area is the churches uh, that we're looking at to plant in the next short period of time. There are four places. We have New Richmond, Wisconsin. We've been praying about that and talking about that for about a year now, uh, that we want to plant a church in New Richmond. Um, we want to plant a church in the metro area, in northeast Minneapolis, inside the 694 loop uh, in that area. Amory, Wisconsin, Pastor Jonah Fetzer and the church up in, in uh, St. Croix Falls have been, has been praying for Amory for two years. And they've been just, he's been driving over there and driving around praying. And we're just believing for what, what God wants to do there. And then also the Forest Lake uh, area. So Forest Lake-ish, Forest Lake area. People have been asking me what specifically its area. I don't know. It could be north. It could be south, east, west. But that area is what's on our heart. And different people have different things on their heart. So pray as the Lord leads. And I encourage you to take one and to pray for it. What's on your heart? What's God leading? If he's telling you to pray for all of them, pray for all of them. But if he's telling you to pray for one specific one, I want to encourage you to do that. And with that, you can pray in the same areas. Uh, ministry leaders, uh, worship, worship, and, and, uh, worship team and leader, children's and youth, financial increase. Just, those are just general things. But we just pray for the gospel to be open. 
doors of utterance being open in the area for people to hear because they need to hear the gospel. They need to hear that Jesus loves them, that Jesus has a plan for their life, that God, God uh, cares about their daily needs and that he, he, is, he is a good God. You know, they don't hear that everywhere. You know, you don't even hear that in every church, that God is good. We think, well, wait a second. No, everybody says God is good. No, not exactly. You know, they may say that God is good, but then they expect him to do bad things. You know, or they, that when bad things happen, well, that's God that gave. No, God didn't bring you bad things. Like, like Tom said, and what Brian remembered, is that every good and perfect gift comes down from God. People need to hear that. And so we encourage you to pray for that. And then the last area is to pray for 100 souls. Uh, we're believing that between the four churches and really the eight areas, and between everything else that we're doing in the valley, we're, we're believing for 100 people to get saved this year, new converts, and being discipled. You know, yes, it's good for people to pray a prayer, to make a decision in their heart, and then to go and do whatever God leads them to do. They may end up in a different church. They may end up moving. They may have hurt us online by accident. You know, I mean, we still have, we're still hearing from people that have been watching us online, didn't even know we were in Wisconsin. You know, there was a, a family in, in uh, Oregon who are still watching us. And where am I? What did I say? Well, I'm in Wisconsin. I don't know about you guys. I've made the leap, okay? Sorry, we, for those of you who don't, we just, we just moved to Wisconsin, and I'm loving every second of it. It's wonderful. It's awesome. Minnesota's good, too. You know, Minnesota's good. I, I was born in Minnesota. Yeah, yeah. So, okay, sorry. Distraction. What was I talking about? Oregon. There, there's actually a family in Oregon that had been watching us since last March who went, you know, I wonder where they are, and they looked us up, and you're in Minnesota. You know, gracious good night. So it, you never know what influence we're having but what we want is for people to be discipled we want people to to not just get saved but to grow in the things of God to 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 live better lives and how do we do that through the word of God through the word of God through discipleship and training so I want to encourage you to be uh, be praying and uh, this week you can continue on. We're going to do that for a month, and then what we want to do is to, to re-talk about it, and if God leads you to pray for some other area or church, then we want you to do that. Amen? Amen. Turn with me again to Psalm 37. So the last few times I've been up ministering, where I've actually preached, uh, I've been going through Psalm 37, and... Uh, the Lord reminded me last week that Psalm 37 was one of the, the first areas of, of the Bible that really spoke to me, really, that God really used to minister to me. And uh, it was the part, we're not even to that part yet, but it's where it says that a, a godly man falls down many times but doesn't stay down, that God keeps lifting him up. And I needed that back then because I fell all the time. I, my life was a mess. I mean, it was a mess. But in uh, Psalm 37, there's a lot of other uh, encouraging words. We've been kind of working our way through a couple verses at a time. But I want to start at at the beginning of Psalm 37 and read up to where I want to talk about today. Psalm 37, 1, I I read out of the uh, the, uh, ESV, the English Standard Version. uh, But you might have some, but up on the screens you'll see the ESV. Beginning with verse 1 says, Fret not yourself because of evildoers. Be not envious of wrongdoers, for they will soon fade away, fade like the grass and wither like the green herb. 
Verse 3, trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land and befriend faithfulness. Delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. I'm not going to expound on any of that. Those are in the last sermons. You can watch that as you want. But I've been calling this Delight Yourself in the Lord, this this series. And so delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. Verse 5, commit your way to the Lord. Trust him and he will act. He will bring forth your righteousness as the light and your justice as the noonday. Be still before the Lord and wait patiently for him. Fret not yourself over the one who prospers in his way, over the man who carries out evil devices. You notice he keeps coming back to this. This this psalm was written by King David. They weren't all written by him. Some were written by some other folks. But we're pretty sure, we're pretty sure, the, the people who know, you know, the theologians, the people who've studied this their whole life, I just take their word for it. But they're pretty sure David wrote this. But what's interesting is he wrote this in his old age. He wasn't a young man. It wasn't, you know, in the, it wasn't in as when he was a shepherd and he was a young man, 16, 17 years old, you know, because a 16, 17 year old can say anything, you know, and they don't know nothing. Love you. <laughs> but it's true. They don't know anything. I mean, uh, no, they do it. They know a bunch. They're good. You know, good kids are awesome. I, I love the I am so excited. I, Brian, I, I wanted Brian to be able to share the good news about the, the, the second uh, scholarship uh, infusion. But it, to me, when I've, I've been getting texts this week when different people have been signing up, different youth have been signing up for CARES, it has been, I've been overjoyed all week long because the three have signed up and there's some others who are praying about it. And uh, the, this, this, uh, 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 scholarship was for those first three but if we raise enough where the first three have a full ride anything over that will go to anyone else that any other youth that want to uh, be a part of this so it's very exciting okay but youth are awesome but this was written by an old man you know i didn't know that i actually had to do some research because i you know you don't know when different things were written there are some psalms that are written when david was in a mess you know, or when he had sinned, or when he was hurting, or whatever. And, you know, so you don't know exactly where unless you do the research. Well, David was an old man. And they believe that he was writing this to, or saying this, or singing this to his men as they were going into battle. So they were going into a very tenuous situation. They were, they were going into battle. And you, you know, I've, I've not gone into battle. There are some here who have fought in wars. And you know, I, my uncle, uh, back when I was in junior high, I was sitting with him on the day that was the, I think it was the 25th anniversary or 35th anniversary of D-Day. And he said, I was there. And I was like, whoa. I said, really, you were at D-Day? He goes, yeah, he says, I was on the beach. And, you know, being a kid, you know, I said, were you scared? He goes, scared? I was terrified. Of course you're scared. But he's encouraging them, and he's saying, don't worry about evil men. Don't worry. So this isn't a, this isn't a young person who's never been through anything. This is not, a, this is not somebody who's, you know, in the, in the prime of their life and everything's gone great. This is from an old man who's experienced some rough things. 
He's seen some things. He's experienced uh, the, the, the trouble that can happen. And he's saying, be still and wait patiently for him, for God. Uh, Fret not yourself over the one who prospers in his way, over the man who carries out evil devices. There were evil devices. There were people back in his day who were evil. You know, evil isn't, a nothing, isn't something new. You know, we all look at it and go, hey, I wish my kids could have lived when I was a kid. Because when I was a kid, it was so easy. It was so wonderful. You know, but see, that's where the kid, you know, the kid understood it. You know, at the same time, the, the, the Vietnam War was going on. And there were young people going off to war. I didn't experience that. I lived, lived in the country. You know, my, my biggest fear was getting, you know, a wood tick. That was the biggest concern of my day. You don't want to get a wood tick. Poison ivy. You know, I mean, the bad stuff, you know. But in reality, evil's always been here. Evil's been here since Adam and Eve. I mean, try to tell Abel that there's nothing to worry about. His own brother turned on him. Evil has been here from the beginning because of sin. But David is saying, as an old man who's seen it, he's saying, hey, Whatever time you live in, that's what's great about the Bible, that's what's great about the Word of God, is it's living and active, whether, whether it's for these old people over here or for you young people. It's the same. It works today. It's true today. There are evil times. This world is full of evil times. But God is saying, and he's saying it through David, fret not. Don't worry. But you're thinking, well, wait a second. You don't, you don't know what we're going through right now. Well, yes, I do. Yeah, I mean, we do, because we, we see it around us every day. We see it in our, in our capitals. We see it in our big cities. We see it in our neighborhoods. You know, we see it in our church parking lot. I mean, gracious good night. We have had the uh, catalytic converter cut off of our, our church van twice now in two years. Three years, two years, whatever. It's like, you've got to be kidding me. I went out there to, to move the van one day, and that's evil. I mean, of all the bad things in the world, that's evil. Thieves are evil. I, just, it just irks me. Really? Really? You've got to steal something. Go get a job. Go be productive. You're going to spend that much? You get up in the middle of the night, crawl underneath our van, and cut off, you know, illegally having to worry. There's always police officers sitting out here. In the winter. Really? Get a job. Yeah, that's work, exactly. Oh my goodness. But it's evil. I mean, we're living in evil times. And I can just get, I get worked up. I don't know about you. I do. I get worked up. I get, you know, I saw somebody, I don't know who it was, somebody here this last week posted on your Facebook. They you know, said, you, I'm going to let God take care of this one because if I took care of this one, I'm going to go to jail. And I know that. I get that. I was, I was having a conversation with somebody last week, and they were talking about how bad things I said, you've got to stop talking. you really got to stop talking about this stuff because I get, I get angry, and then the only thing I can do will get me in jail. I mean, I can pray. I'll pray. I do pray. We all pray. But, you know, this world is evil. And if, if we just sit and dwell on it, if we, if we fret, all it does is hurt us. It doesn't solve anything. You know, what, whatever, whatever the government is doing, we voted, they're in power, 
They're doing what they're doing. Nothing I can do about that. I could write my senator, but my senator is going to vote with them anyway. I mean, it's just the world we live in. So I can either fret or I can trust, I can trust that God's got this in his hands. Amen? Verse 8. Here's what I want to talk about today. Verse 8. Refrain from anger and forsake wrath. See, that's the deal. Refrain from anger and forsake wrath. I have to remind myself of that every single day. Stop it, John. Stop. You know, I mean, I, 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 every once in a while, I, I work up the courage to read a little bit of news. And I read uh, a few headlines down and yeah, delete. Uh, yeah. Refrain from wrath. Yeah. I just do, I, you know, it, you know uh, I was talking to Pastor John Moe yesterday and we were talking about, and it's just like it vexes you. I, I get that verse where it says that, that Sodom and Gomorrah, that lot was vexed. It just, it aches seeing the sin in the world and what it's doing to people. Sin is sin. Always been here. But what it does to people, it destroys them daily. And it just, it can vex you if you dwell on that. We've got to dwell on something different. Amen? We've got to dwell on something different. Praise God for Psalm 37 because he gives us something else to think about. But he wants to, you know, David is, through, you know, the Holy Spirit through David is giving us the boundaries here. Refrain from anger. Forsake wrath. Fret not yourself. It tends only to evil. Exactly. But here he says, the evildoers shall be cut off. The evildoers will be cut off. Now, when they get cut off is not my deal. It's not my deal. It's not your deal. You know, that neighbor who just is just wrong. I don't have those neighbors. I'm really blessed. I don't have, but I've heard people have neighbors. Now, now I'm hoping I wasn't that neighbor, but I, you know what I'm saying. They're, they're just wrong. You know, that they got dogs that, you know, that go in your yard. Leaving, leaving surprises. And don't clean up after them. You know, I mean, just neighbors that, well, fill in the blank. Co-workers. I don't have any bad co-workers. My co-workers are all amazing. And their boss is amazing. <laughs> but you, you could have a boss or you could have a co-worker that just vexes you. I mean, I worked in a factory for years. You know, so I'm, I'm not completely sheltered. I worked in a factory where the, some of the vilest things, if, if I were to actually, I, I see, I can't actually say them, you know, because it just, it would vex me. But they would, they would, the way that they were living, the way that they would speak, the way, the stories they would tell, it's just like, oh my gosh, you eat with that mouth? Really? You know, what, what, do, you, what do you have to do all day long to think about that much evil to do in your spare time? And, you, and I get it, you know, people work in that environment. And you think, I want to get out of here. But don't worry about that. You're being salt and light. You're there on purpose. And you're thinking, well, but it's vexing me. This is, this is too hard. Hey, he's given you grace. He knows what you need to be around the people that you're around, to bring light to them, to bring light into their world. The evildoers shall be cut off, but those who wait on the Lord shall inherit the land. Do you know that's not when you die? That promise is not for eternity. 
I mean, we have our promises for eternity, but he's saying that, that those who wait on the Lord shall inherit the land. I don't know. Tom said something this morning, and it was just so funny. I started to laugh because it's, it's the thing that's been going around in me uh, all week. He goes, how does that work? How does this work? You know, how does this really happen? Because I look at the, at the trend of humanity. I look at the, the evil out there. I look at the, the sin out there. And I'm thinking, God, how do you do this? I'm going to get up and preach this on Sunday, and I don't understand how in the world as we see it right now, in all the evil, how they're going to be de- dealt with and we're going to inherit the land. But it's there. And David had lived a long life. And he, you know, he had not been treated well. You know, his, his father-in-law, King Saul, tries to pin him to the wall with a spear. I don't care what your father-in-law is unless he's tried to kill you. You've not dealt with what King David dealt with. His son tried to, tried to off him, tried to end him, Absalom. He abdicated, he, he took over the, the throne. He, he did vile things with David's wives. I mean, he, did, he was nasty. David went through rough times, very hard times. And in the middle of it, it just seems like, how, what, how could this turn out for good? But in his old age, he says, if you're patient and you wait on the Lord, you will inherit the land. I don't know how he does it. That's the mystery. That's the, that's the power of this, is that it's not up to you. You can't make everything in the world turn out right. You know, as parents, we want to. As parents, we want everything to turn out right for our kids. We want our kids to never suffer any wrong, never hurt Never, never be embarrassed, never make a mistake. But the reality is we live in the world and we can't fix that for them. But God can. He can take those things in your life where you're thinking this is totally out of control. This is, this is a mess. And he can make them right. You will inherit the land. I don't know how it happens. I've watched in my own life and I, there's been times in my life where it's just, it has been so out of control, so, so uh, discombobulated, so messed up. And you think, I don't understand how any of this can work out. And then one day, the reward. And it's like, God, you're amazing. Years ago, I was in a church service. And I was literally, I was sitting about four or five rows back in that area, not in this church. I was over at Abundant Life. Pastor Kevin Humphrey was speaking. And I was sitting back there and he was talking about how God is a restorer. That God restores. And I'm just, I'm sitting back there and I, and for you know, a long time I've been kicking myself. I grew up as a Christian. I gave my life to the Lord at four years old, five years old. I, I you know, I'd lived for God and all the way through grade school, junior high, high school, and I ran away from God. I ran away from God, sinned, did stupid things. And then six years later, repented, came back to him and said, my God, you know, I, I don't know how you could forgive me. I have no idea how you could, could overlook what I just did. I, didn't, I, didn't, I knew better. Ephesians says, for those who have once tasted of the good things of God, experience the power. If they, re, if they turn away from him, there is no other name. There is no other hope. And Satan threw that one at me pretty hard. 
And I struggled with it. I God, how could you forgive me? And then I read the verse that says, what's impossible with man is possible with God. His mercy is new every morning. He loves you. If, you've, if you have ran away from God, if you've rebelled, even if you have turned your back on him and you've rejected him, I did that. I, I remember telling God, get out of my life. I know, that's, just, that's pretty bad. That's nasty stuff. That's terrible. And yet he still had mercy on me. Why? Because what's impossible with man is possible with God, and he loves you. He loves you. You, you can't do anything that's too bad. You can't sin too much. You can't can't reject him so far that he just goes, okay, you're done. But if you die in that, well, that's your deal. If you won't repent, yeah, well, that's your, then you've chosen. But as long as you have breath in your lungs, as long as you have a desire to be with him, he'll receive you back. Amen? That was for somebody. How does he, so I'm sitting back there in that seat and, and I'm sitting there just kicking myself. I'm like, God, I'm so sorry. I'm so, I'm so sorry that I rejected you. I'm so sorry I was so stupid. Where, and I said, I, I literally said these words in my head. I said, God, where would I be if I had never walked away from you? If I had never turned away, if I had never rejected you, if I had never, never strayed, if I had never backslidden, where would I be? What would I be doing? Because I'm thinking, oh man, I'd have some international ministry, you know, and everybody would know. I just, you know, your, your head goes to weird places, you know? And I'm sitting there going, God, I'm so sorry. I'm just, I've been beating myself up because of, of the choices I had made and the things, dumb things I had done. Where would I be if, if? And Pastor Kevin's preaching about restoration and God spoke to my heart very clearly. He said, you'd be sitting in that chair right there, right now. Because I've restored you to where I've called you to be. How does he do that? How did he do that? Because even after I came back to him, even after I I repented and and wanted to live for him, I still made mistakes. I still make mistakes. And I'm right where I'm supposed to be right now, right here today. For his glory, to him, because of him. You are where you're supposed to be today. You're not, it's not a mistake. If this is your first time here, it's not a mistake. You're here today because he loves you. How does he do this? How does he restore? You know, when everything is so messed up, everything is so screwed up, David's life, he, is, he was a mess. You know that? I, I really like David. Because he screwed up continuously, over and over and over again. And God still said, he's a man after my own heart. He loves you. He loves you. Why was David a man after God's own heart? Because every once in a while he'd go, oh my goodness, what have I done? God, I'm so sorry. And he would run to God. He'd repent. And he, he loved God. He just was a human being who was dumb. He made mistakes, just like you, just like me. And God can restore. God can take whatever's going on in this world. I don't know how it's going to work. It's actually going to be fun to watch. It's going to be fun to watch how God restores. I mean, obviously we know humanity is going to, I mean, the world, the prophecies are, you know, say, it's going to end. It's going to get weird, tribulation, craziness, wild. Yeah, but individual lives will be restored. And that's our job. 
Our job is not to fix the world. Our job is to preach the gospel. It's our job to love people and to, to, to tell them how much God loves them. For evildoers, verse 9, for the evildoers shall be cut off, but those who wait on the Lord shall inherit the land. And then verse 10, in just a little while, in just a little while, the wicked will be no more. Though you look carefully at its place, he will not be there. But the meek shall inherit the earth, or inherit the land, and delight themselves in abundant peace. You know that you can have abundant peace today. You don't have to wait till then. You don't have to be, you don't have to fret. You don't have to worry. We can get so worked up. Every one of us, why, why do I know every one of us does? Because I do. I can get worked up. But we can have peace. We're supposed to have peace today. How do we do that? Take your eyes off of what's going on in the world. Put your eyes on him. Trust in him. Delight yourself in him. And he'll give you the desires of your heart. Amen? Now, what, are, what, what is a desire of your heart? We talked about this in the very first week, and I'm going to close with this. This morning, I know that one of the desires, the delights of your heart, would be get out of service early and go enjoy the warm weather. <laughs> so if you look at your clocks, we've just experienced a miracle. And I'm going to let you guys out early today, because I went long last week. I know. I hear the cheers. I heard that cheer. Let's all stand. Let's all stand. Father, we do thank you so much for your love for us. We thank you, Lord, that, that you, your word is for today. It is for us. It is for life and life more abundantly. Father, I lift up the mission trip. I, mission, I pray for all those that are ministering today, wherever they're at. We pray that for safety for them and for opportunities, the, the open doors of of opportunities to preach God, the gospel and to show the love that you have for man and women. Lord, I thank you for them and that, that we'll hear the good reports. Lord, we do thank you for the other churches, the other, the other churches that are meeting today and for the ministers that are ministering and the people that are serving. Bless them today, Lord. Bless them and keep them safe. And Father, all the areas that we're, we're looking to minister in, all these four areas and beyond, we pray for them, Lord, that, the, that they will hear the truth of your word and they'll grow. They'll accept you as their Lord and Savior and grow in life. Lord, we just thank you for it. Watch over this week. Keep us safe. And Lord, thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you for your love towards us. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. God bless.